Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live from the Honkville studios of Sports Radio KJR. This is the Coors Light Honks. I just really don't think the expectations are one bit different inside our locker room than they've been since I've been here. Presented by Frostbrood Coors Light. Refreshing dog fans all season long. We expect to win every game we play. And brought to you by Washington Gold Casinos and by Burien Toyota. The outside noise that now might have changed their expectations, that doesn't change anything. So everybody focus in on what we got to get it done. Win on three, one, two, three. Now let's get ready to go inside Husky football with the Hawks. Dick Baird, Hugh Millen, and Dave Softy-Muller. All right, guys, here we go. A Tuesday afternoon, 3 o'clock, right here on 950 KJR. Means one thing and one thing only, baby. It's time to talk about a football team that now finds itself in the top five in both polls after a convincing throwdown, whatever you want to call it, ass-kicking, beat-down, throttling, obliteration of the Oregon Ducks on Saturday, 70-21 to 21 final. And I'm wondering if the two guys with me in studio, Dick Baird and Hugh Millen, can feel that breeze on the back of your neck. Can you feel that breeze blowing through here? That's the winds of change, my friends, blowing through the Pac-12 conference as the Huskies, for the first time in 12 years, have gotten it done against the Oregon Ducks and now find themselves sitting pretty with a much-deserved bye week, a chance to rest up for the Oregon State game in a couple of weeks from now. Uh, but, boys, we've been waiting a long damn time, haven't we, to see what we saw on Saturday at Autzen Stadium. Well, we got to wait two weeks to see them play again. Yeah. So, uh, But, yeah, Dave, uh, honestly, it was uh, probably the most electrifying road game that you and I have been on in the last dozen years, for sure. I mean, it, uh, it was just – it was over the top. It, the kids played so hard, and I, I got a chance to talk to Zim Victor this morning – for about 20 minutes and and just you can just hear these kids echoing their coach you know i mean they they are grounded they know they got a chance here they're they're all heading into the weight room they got to get their they want to get their weights in today they weren't they aren't going to practice all the time uh, because a lot of the coaches are going on the road the main assistants so uh yeah this is this is a great time to take a break because these guys are definitely in stride. Well, and they're gonna, they're, they'll practice tomorrow and then again on Sunday. Uh, Jimmy Lakehue was on the show yeah. yesterday talking about how they're already starting to put in the game plan for Oregon State, so an extra week to prepare for them. But uh, they, they deserve it because yeah. you and I, the three of us, talked last week about the emotional high of the Stanford game. You talked about how hard it would be yeah. to rally and do it again against the Oregon Ducks, oh. and they made that a non-factor yeah. Saturday. Yeah, they crowd. really did. It was Incredible the uh, the decisive and emphatic nature of the victory and and I find myself looking and say okay obviously this was no upset this was um, really an indicator of the changing of power and you know you look at what Oregon was five ten years ago uh, they really killed you with their tempo because they had an instruction that after a first down they were going to snap the ball within twelve Sorry. seconds well 
you know, then Baylor started doing it and everybody else, you know, and, and it got to the point where teams did it themselves and, and they defended it. And then the, the multiple formation spread offense the way they had done it um, with the uh, the emphasis being on the running game. You know, in 2012, Oregon averaged 312 yards rushing mm. per game. And now enough people are doing it that Oregon isn't unique in that regard. Uh, Oregon had these spectacular facilities that far dwarfed the rest. Well, walk around the Husky uh, facilities now with the new stadium and the new weight room. It, it's three times what it used to be. And, okay, if you want to say Oregon has a, a slight nod in that regard, who cares? A Washington 45-pound plate weighs the same as an Oregon 45-pound plate. Um, and and then lastly, you know, the, the, the cool uniforms that were really something that the kids gravitated to, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Now everybody's doing it. And um, I, I think there was a certain symbolism, guys, in, in Oregon's uniform. Here they're trying to look like Cal. Um, these absurd webfoot things, and and it it almost represented okay, all of that uniqueness. It's over. It 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 doesn't matter anymore. And now it's back to the way it had been for decades, uh, with Washington on top. And obviously, um, Oregon's going to say, well, we got freshman linemen and we got a freshman quarterback, right. and and and, right. you, and you get but 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 so what? But I I think anybody with two eyeballs. Um, saw that there is clearly a change going on. I, I, I don't agree with that at all. I think anybody who could read Braille could see that there's a change going on in this conference. Okay? I mean, obviously, Oregon, as you said, has the freshman quarterback, the redshirt freshman offensive lineman, bunch of guys banged up on defense. But, look, Washington did to that team what good teams are supposed to do. They destroyed them. They score on the first drive of the game, the second drive of the game, the fourth drive of the game, and all of a sudden with, what, five minutes to go in the first quarter, the game's 21 nothing and effectively over, you know, uh, at that point of the first quarter, and you could see the fans. I mean, Dick and I were there, the fans streaming out of the stadium, players throwing their hands up on the sideline. There was a palpable change in the um, in the volume from the from the crowd from the first drive of the game to the fourth drive of the game for UW. They went down there and just completely broke their backs and did what they were supposed well, to do. Well, think of the first two plays of the game. You come on a kickoff coverage, and you know they've always had this vaunted return game. And you knock the snot burgers yep. out of a dude, and, and, and damn near Sidney Jones, yep, yep. Um, damn near, and you, you damn near get the fumble recovery, and then Dang. first play of the game, yeah, Buddha, Buddha's, Buddha's making a, a great play with uh, with great hands, and and then Washington just goes on down. You get the the double move by Pettis, showing again his ability to have the route Boy, tree. He, he had a should great have been a, game. Didn't should he? have been a touchdown, but uh, somehow the sun uh, got in his eyes. That's the excuse. That's that what, what he said? Happened. That's what Peterson said. That would said. be the excuse for dropping the ball. Yeah, What's Peter, the excuse for falling? Because he had to Did the sun get in his feet? He had to readjust to find – yeah, the sun got melted his feet. That's yeah, exactly I what happened. It. Okay. I mean, really, so what? Hey, you know, no, no, no. Hey, look, next play hey, hey, God bless Dante Pettis, yeah. and he's coming on. He had a great game Saturday. Um, we had talked about him prior to the first game of the season, how important his contributions would be. He'd be the most likely guy to be – the complete receiver. So, uh, no, it's all good with Dante Pettis. I'm just saying yeah. that there was a level of domination early on in that game. Coach Baird, we knew that for Washington to be able to coast for three quarters, they had to really lay it on in the first quarter. 21 nothing certainly did that. Now, I wouldn't say they coasted for three quarters, but I, I think they coasted for two and a half. Okay. After well, Royce Freeman had that fumble yeah. and, and down the six-yard line. Um, now that was a pretty good drive by Oregon. They they had they had something going with the wide zone where they're kind of doing some pinning action and and they got some holes and they got down 
uh, inside the six-yard line, and then the fumble, and then Washington goes 94 yards, uh, uh, highlighted by a 67-yard power play, and then a great throw and catch, one of the best of the season. Browning to John Ross in the back where he did, did that that gazelle jump yeah. to get it, and then he just barely got, got his toes in. in. Yeah. I mean, so, so at that point, they could coast throughout Well, the listen, if, if you're telling me that the Huskies coasted for two and a half quarters, from the eight-minute mark of the third to the end of the game, Washington outscored Oregon 28-7. to Yet they were coasting. In, yeah, but how about coast. this? How about this? With 9.58 to go in the game, the score is already 70-21. to mm-hmm. So with 10 minutes to go in the game, right. they've they pulled back on the yeah. throttle. And game over with 10 minutes to go. Well, I mean, it was, it was game over with five yeah, minutes yeah. left in the first quarter when yeah. it was 21 to nothing. But they listen, they, they could have put 90 on these guys. If they wanted to. And even Chris Peterson has admitted that he felt bad about the score. Mark Helfrich apologized for it, but for much different reasons, obviously, to his fan base. But Chris Peterson, you know, felt bad about putting up 70. It's not the kind of game he wants to play. Reminds you of Don in some ways in that regard. He's also tight with Mark Helfrich. But I guess my question would be, what the hell is Washington supposed to do? They got backup offensive linemen, backup quarterback, backup running back. You see, Jesse Sosabi is blowing up Andy Mattingly in the I saw fourth that. quarter yeah. of that game. Buried him. I mean, what do you want UW to do? Yeah, well, uh, they did play, and that's what you, you get out of games like this. But there are some plays, like like Hugh mentioned, cause a fumble on the opening kickoff. Very next play, get an interception, which was a mir- miraculous interception. He just stole yeah. it right out of the guy's hand. But then later on, Victor's tackle, oh, his uh, rugby-style tackle, on picking Taj up and dropping. Keyshawn recovering his fifth fumble. I mean, leads the country. How, he leads the country. He could break all kinds of records there. And it came uh, because he was hustling like mad because McIntosh is blowing everybody yeah. up and rips the ball out of Freeman before he, this is before he knocks Freeman out of the game. Goodness, and then JoJo Mathis on that how he played that reverse, and then his speed pass rush around the corner to drill the quarterback. I, I was just going, God, there's so many great plays going yeah. on on just on the defense. We're not even talking about yeah. the, the stars of the team. The guys on the defense were just, and he mentioned it, Jesse Sobe. Sobe comes off the line of scrimmage and gets a linebacker and just goes, Yip. and right on <laughs> top did he? Yeah, you know, and, and I, I agree with everything you said there. Um, I would add that in, in my tape review of the game coming back uh, was Sunday night, and I just was really wanting to explore Washington's defense. And my takeaway, um, I know they're playing great coverage in the back end, and they've got a really good handle on on what Oregon wants to do in their play action game, with their, where, where they're faking. You know, a lot of play action um, is built on on an inside run presence, where linebackers are, are they 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 get sucked up because you're 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 faking between the tackles. What Oregon does is that they really like to major in faking the wide zone. Wide sweep, yeah. And and try to just try and distort the zone coverage and then come back in with crossing routes in behind. And it's a little bit of a different style. The Huskies, by vir- virtue of... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Of great players 
being very well prepared and coached, they're covering that up. Um, having said that, I still think I think that the the defense starts with those defensive tackles. Yeah. Yep. And 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 I know there's a rotation. You got Gaines. You got uh, Eliza Qualls. I could make an argument. You up, have to have a rotation. I, against I know. The I understand Vita Vea. Um, but I, I I could make an argument. Uh, I don't think I'd be thrown in an assailant asylum if I um, if I were to argue that Elijah Qualls is the MVP of that defense. Hmm. And, and and that argument would go something like, look, you have to, you know, just like the Seahawks talk about, you have to stop the run first. And the way the Huskies are built with the the defensive end, those those two guys are are it's like having two nose tackles. You know, the, they got they got three guys that are right around three hundred and twenty pounds. And they're two gapping. They're not trying to penetrate gaps um, like Steve Entman. You know, they're they're just they're just holding ground, and they're doing a great job of it. And you notice what what Oregon seemed to do. They 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 uh, their offensive linemen in their zone blocking scheme when they try and go to the second level, if they went too early, all the defensive tackles for the Huskies, all three of those guys in particular, Vea. Gains and Qualls were making Oregon pay for that because because they would beat the single uh, single block and get the guy now. So then what's happens? You see Oregon they make the adjustment. They're they're trying to uh, extend the block on the double team and get to the linebackers later because you say wait a minute we got to we, we got to really come off and get these these two defensive tackles in there and then because they're coming off the ball later to get to the linebacker level. Washington's linebackers are free to just go in and plug holes and, and make their tackles. So I just think it's a great scheme. Yeah. You got two uh, you know two, two on the field but but a rotation of two that are getting in there and really uh, I think setting the first tone. It's the first domino that has to fall is stopping the run and the and, and intricate in that is having those tackles play the way they're How playing. much did they learn from the Arizona game? In regards to the way they played, Saturday. oh, I think that helped a lot, especially from that yeah. perspective. And, by the and way, it's going to help in the next game too, because the the Beavers uh, are a running quarterback. Uh, so I, I think that we took the run away from the quarterback. I think the guys that stayed home on the backside after the read zone really did a great job, yep. because that guy kept giving the ball yeah. because they weren't going to let yeah. the quarterback come out. Yeah, and I think I, I got to I use the term two gap. It's a it's an important point. As opposed to shooting a gap, if you're Elijah Qualls, you're going to say, okay, I'm lining up in this gap, and the center and the guard, are, I know, are going to double-team me. But then one of them eventually is going to have to go off to the linebacker level. When he absorbs that double-team, A, he's holding firm. But then then when he's on the single, he's two-gapping, meaning he's got his hands on that offensive lineman, and he's just reading where the back's going. He's physically strong enough to hold his ground and then react to where the ball carry is going, throw the blocker off, and then fill a gap on either side, his left or his right, and to, and to have a guy to have three guys that are that strong and are doing that on a consistent basis, man alive, it's it's the key to what they're doing defensively, in my opinion. Well, what was really rewarding for me is that uh, to see Greg Gaines get two sacks because yep. that guy has been doing yep. exactly what Hugh's been talking about for six games. That guy has just been pushing yes. people back into the offensive backfield, and he—they were both slop sacks, but he got them, yeah. you know. And they—they they count, and and we only got three sacks in the whole game. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Then, but slop sacks are created by what? Great coverage. Yep. yep. Right. And yep. and and a lot of times, Ed's pressure that forces you to step up. So what your point in slop sack is? Okay, maybe you didn't just 
um, defeat your man right away, but you're there holding ground. And then when the combination, team defense, the great coverage, combined with the edge pressure, quarterback steps up, and there you're Bam, in a position to get you your sack. That's exactly what happened. You know, it's I, 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 guys, I'm blown away by what I'm seeing. I mean, we were talking off the air that everything is happening so fast for this football program that you got – a team that's in the top five in both polls. You got national media types talking about Washington playing for a national championship. You got Jake Browning being as high as number one in some Heisman polls around the country. Uh, you're coming off a 70-point outburst against Oregon. You went to Tucson and won for the first time in a decade two weeks ago. You beat the Ducks for the first time in 12 years. Everything is happening so fast for this football team, and I'm just impressed by the way they've handled everything. I mean, we kind of sometimes roll our eyes at the whole one week at a time mantra. Every game is no, the we same don't. mantra. No, we Some don't. Some people do. <laughs> Some people do. But it really is working. I mean, all this talk about uh, 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 Peterson not allowing his players to talk a week ago. Well, listen, they keep playing the way they're playing now. I don't care if I ever hear from those guys again, <laughs> honestly, for crying out loud. I mean, he's pushing every single button that he needs to push to keep this thing going. It's awesome to watch. Because he's a great coach. He's a great coach. Yeah, He's he got knows, a great staff. He knows exactly what he's doing, and you're right. He has a great staff. I mean, you go through, I, I, I hope, you know, we get a chance to talk about the position coaches because these guys are really doing a hell of a job. I, I think that this is the most impressive start to a season. Well, it is. I mean, God, well, twenty four the... years going back to ninety two. They haven't been six and zero in twenty four years. Yeah, and you were there. Yeah, really. Yeah, you were there. Okay, thank you. Twenty four years ago, and I'm here now, and that's even more yeah. important. Well, and then, and then you guys, you, you, uh, yeah, Dick, you I'm always, not sure if Kim would agree, but yeah. we'll, we'll go ahead. You always talk every week about well, we got to stop the run, we got to run the ball. Yada, you got to stop the run. Okay, well, look what they've done the last two weeks defensively. Christian McCaffrey and Royce Freeman, arguably the two best running backs in this conference, and they have shut them down completely. 129 total offensive yards, total, that's rushing and receiving for McCaffrey and Royce Freeman. If I would have told you before the year began that they would play Arizona, Stanford, Oregon, number one, win all three of them. Number two, their point total would go up and up and up every single week, beginning with the Arizona game. And number three, that McCaffrey and Royce Freeman would be a non-factor. I'm not sure if you would have bought no, that. No, I, I just I couldn't have ever it's crazy. imagined. I mean, we had high hopes. We had high expectations. I know they were Highly thought of coming into the year, and a lot, you know, Phil Steele, uh, the most accomplished prognosticator out there. You know, he was really, really bullish on the Huskies, but um, I, uh, I never saw this coming. Can Can I ask you yeah. a quarterback question? Me or him? No, the oh, quarterback. Okay, well, you answer it if you want. I mean, <laughs> why did they start a true freshman quarterback in, in a game against a defense like this? You know, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, uh, they have a, waving fifth, a white towel. They have a fifth-year senior who, you know, was doing an average job. But, I mean, why would you just throw a kid out there, I guess, to just get his feet They're wet? They're waving the white towel. Uh, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to 2017. I think that they – well, I, I I think beyond that, I mean, it was, it was very important for them to try and beat Washington and put their best foot forward. I think that uh, they had lost three straight games, and I felt like the for them – this wasn't about uh, just the performance of the quarterback. I think this was about an energy boost. I think that having yeah. lost to Nebraska, lost to Colorado at home, lost to the Cougars in convincing fashion uh, the week before, I felt like if they were to march uh, Dakota Prue Cup out there, 
then there would have been a Paul. Nice in the job on the name, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. He was calling him Cupcake God. last God. week. Or did you, did like you really that. believe his last name was? Fruit no, cup? I did not. Fruit cup. Cup. Really? Did you <laughs> think I knew? That? No, well, you called him three different names. No. So I, I, know, like, I, well, I started with Crew Cup. I, I thought I thought I just was Crew Cup for a while. Where's the flowers for me? Just getting it right the first time. Just leave it at that. I played with a guy named Crew Cup, so I did have that met last week. But but Crew Cup would have, in my mind, just represented. Uh, I don't know. I think there would have just been a, a, a Paul in that stadium had he played. Oh, um, okay. Now, you know I, now, I will way, say this. People, I think that that, that quarterback. down there told me that if they would have started Fruit Cup, that he would have been booed. Yeah. They would I think have booed I would have booed every Alfred. incompletion. Yeah. And so I think the energy in the stadium and, and within the team, I think they had to – it sounds like a cliche, but I think Mark Helfrich was looking for a lift, you know, just yeah. a jolt. Um, and, and I don't think he necessarily thought that the freshman was going to play better. Yeah. I think it had to do with – how that would affect the other players on the team, how it would affect the environment in the stadium. And I think that that quarterback, he impressed the hell Herbert, out of me. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got oh, a future, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Well, listen, they got a lift all right. They got Justin a lift. Herbert, I, th- I think he can, he's a hell of a player. They got a lift right into the freaking grave, yeah. okay, of the conference is is the lift they got. As yeah. the Huskies went down there and just drove the nail right through the coffin, and the Ducks are done at least for 2016. We'll see how they rebound. But you know what? They're old news, all right? The Ducks are in the rearview mirror. Right, right, right. Washington's got bigger things to worry about now in 2016 and beyond than what the hell Oregon football is all about. We'll come back and talk more about the convincing win by Washington on Saturday. I want to ask you guys on both sides of the ball, where's the weak link right now on this football team? David Shaw today on the Pac-12 teleconference says there are no weak links on this Husky football team. He would know after getting his butt and, kicked and two you're weeks gonna, ago. you're going to ask the two of us to identify a weak link. I want to know Get from the your perspective. I'm not going to point to any area or any kid and say, okay, you are the weak link. Okay. <laughs> I'm the weak link right here. I admit that. And you sit out the next segment, come back at 345. And I'll just talk to Hugh Millen next on 950 KJR. <laughs> now back to the Coors Light Honks, presented by Frost Brewed Coors Light, the Husky fans' most refreshing beer. And brought to you by Washington Gold Casinos and by Burien Toyota on Sports Radio 950 KJR. All right, we are back. The Hawks brought to you by Frost Brewed Coors Light. Refreshing dog fans all season long. No game this weekend, obviously. Uh, but a couple of games for Husky football fans to keep their eye on, man. When you're top five in the country, you're allowed to watch games like Alabama and Tennessee and Ohio State and Wisconsin and uh, maybe root for a couple upsets and see the Huskies move further up the pole on Sunday morning. But before we get to all that stuff, before we get to the hype around the football team, uh, I got some numbers on Jake Browning in this. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Defense from a national perspective. I want to throw at you guys. Uh, I, I think you misunderstood, by the way, what I was saying okay. going to the break last segment. So when I say the weakest link on this football team, whatever their weakest link is still may be the best at that position group in the conference, right? Okay. So what is, if there is a position on this football team that you're kind of maybe still curious about, what is that group for you? 
Hugh Millen, start with you. I would still say the defensive end pressure. If you win against a really good team, um, I'd, I'd be perhaps concerned whether or not they could get the pressure on the quarterback with just four guys. They, they've, they've indicated by both the tape that they've laid out there and the comments that they are a defensive staff and philosophically uh, Chris Peterson, um, they, they don't like to blitz often. They play their man-to-man, even an indicator. A lot of teams, can, you can play man-to-man mathematically. You, you can rush five guys, and you can have a free safety in the hole, and you can play man-to-man. Yeah. Or you can play with just four and leave a shallow lurker and a, a free safety. And that's an indicator philosophically where you want to be as well. And, and Washington is more inclined to do the latter, to play man-to-man with just a four-man rush. So with just a four-man rush against the very best teams uh, – I would I would say, where are the Huskies on that pass rush? That okay. would be one potential okay. concern I'd have. And then, um, I, you know, I still think that that uh, uh, the receivers, hmm. I, you know, I don't I don't know if if uh, if they have that that possession receiver that can stand up to a real top flight secondary i mean we're you know we're, we're you're talking projecting about down, the, down road. the road in like late december for example if they were to meet a team like i'm saying that. i'm saying if washington is going to reach their highest goals you're talking about a, you're treading on thin ice i'm telling you december well, what, what, what did you just say if they if they face a top flight secondary for example well, could be ucla could, well in the championship yeah, it could be potentially. You know, I mean, I, I, I just think for me, the receivers have been more than adequate. Oh, especially last week. More than adequate. Goodness gracious! Okay. Uh, One and two were like the yeah. best receivers in the conference. But you're talking last about week. facing a decimated secondary two weeks ago in Stanford, and then a not so great secondary in Oregon well, last okay. Saturday. But but understand, I mean, the way you're holding our feet to the fire on this question, you're saying, feet to okay, the fire. all right, short of holding up a trophy. Uh, and you've won the national title. If Washington doesn't reach that mark, what would be the scenario you could envision that holds them back? That's the question I'm yeah. I'm trying to answer. Yeah. Okay. Right? You All know, right. like okay, they're going to go undefeated. They're going to beat Alabama in the national title. Okay. Then we're going to say okay, there's no weakness. Okay. Then work backwards. What would be the scenario you could see? Well, yeah. they could be just a yeah. little bit deficient, and right. that right. would be okay. So, according to Hugh Millen, guys like Joe Mathis, Saul Mu Ching, John Ross, Dante Pettis. You are the weakest link. There you go. All Goodbye. Right. Oh, you dirty like rat! I don't like you, this at that's all. a rat. That's a that's no, like biggie rat. You're biggie rat hey, on Dick. that one. Now that is, I knew that's what you were doing in the first place. I'm, okay, I'm gonna lay, I'm gonna lay out my guys. Hey. I'm gonna lay out my guys. The weakest link on this day, team right now are Bart and Jose, the two equipment guys, because we don't have all the fashions and design that other teams like the Ducks have. So that's why they're the weakest link. Damn it, Bart. Bart. I'm going to give you. I'll talk okay, to Bart. Get your hand in the game. So, so Bart and Jose? Yeah, you Bart and Jose. The weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> you and I, let's go, let's go on strike. Let's Woo! just have this the Husky Honk Show. Oh, One yeah. honk. <laughs> no honks. One honk, him. Well, listen, in regards to... Pac-12 play, I don't know if there is a weakness on this football team right now. Is that fair to say? When you consider the competition they'll face Why in the Why do you talk about weaknesses? Why don't you talk about strengths? Because, well, that's, in re- that's what you do in relation to talking about strengths. My point is, <laughs> Dick, 
that I don't know if there is a weakness on this football team right well, now. Why didn't you just say that and we would agree with you? You try to put the point on us that we're going to identify, okay, you're the weak link. No, you're the weak link. Now, come on. Nobody wants to be the weak link. I was the weak link. the weakest link. Goodbye. They are stacked, man, everywhere. Secondary, linebackers, defensive line, offensive lines playing their ass off right now. Quarterback, running backs, wide receivers. Maybe having a big-time pass-catching tight end might be the one thing that they're missing right now. But as you've said before, the role that those guys are playing as blockers right now is amazing. It gives us seven offensive linemen. Remember the conversation we had after the Rutgers game and after the Portland State game and the Idaho game? Where is the run game? Why can't they run the ball? And you sat there... And I hate doing this. I might throw up, by the way, doing this. And you said, Dave, they'll be fine. They'll be okay. How about this? In three conference games, Arizona, Stanford, Oregon, 944 yards on 137 carries. They're averaging seven yards a carry on the ground after going for, what, 358 against Oregon. Well, and let me clarify my my thoughts about the the receiving (laughs) core. Uh, you, you think you know, they stink. That's fine. Let's move on and talk about something else. I, I'm, I'm seriously well, going to get a little we, salty Well, when, when we get uh, uh, Chico McClatcher back, yeah. th- then that's going to help. I mean, we're, we're depleted by one going into the last game, but uh, the way they played, goodness gracious, uh, our number one and number two receiver were better than anybody on their team, that's for sure. Uh, well, Even well, if they well, didn't have fancy yeah. uniforms. Uh, well, I think Washington has been so dominant in their games that it's real easy to play loosey-goosey, first and ten, let's go take a shot, play action, throw a post down the middle of the field. I'm talking about a game where maybe the weather's a factor or whatever, yeah. that it's 20-20 to 20 in the fourth quarter, and you're playing against a team that has four or five, I mean, serious ballers on the defensive back uh, side of the ball. Did you watch and, 14 and they for come us? Out and they want to come out, and you know what they want to come out? They want to they want to jam you at the line of scrimmage, and they, they want to just jack you in, and they're not trying to let any separation anywhere. Now you say, okay, John Ross, go ahead, try and jam them. I get all that. But on third and six, are, can you – I guess Damari Stringfellow is a guy that could really look good in a Washington uniform right now. If we're projecting – the very uh, their very best teams and trying to beat the very best teams. Um, you know, I think that the receiving core yeah. has been outstanding. Mm-hmm. Let me emphasize, outstanding. Is there some other challenge that they may face possibly? Yeah, it could be. Well, I tell you what, uh, can we agree that the biggest reason why they've been outstanding, I mean, John Ross is leading the nation. Did you know this, by the way, in receiving touchdowns right now? Okay. Jake Browning leading the nation in passing touchdowns. How much of that success, and I've always thought that a quarterback makes the wide receivers. I mean, I just that's just maybe my thing. I think Jake Browning is making everybody on this offense look great with the way he's running this offense and with the way he's throwing the ball. I think what's really impressive, if you watch his eyes, he, he really goes with his reads, doesn't he, Hugh? I mean, he'll, he, he'll go boom, 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 okay, I'm going here. Yeah. You know, and so he, he and I told you going into the game that I, th- I thought that a young quarterback like the Ducks had would eyeball his receivers, and and that did happen in that game. But Jake, he checks across the board. I mean, I I really, you know, I don't need to blow any smoke to you guys about what a good quarterback we have, but the thing that really balances it out is what a fine human being he is, the way he's handling all of this. We might be 
he might be the best guy we've ever had at that position yeah. by the time he gets done. Well, I think by the time he gets done, uh, he, he's going to break all the records. And, uh, you know, if he's in the discussion in New York, uh, I, 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 I mean, you know. He doesn't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. All he wants to do is beat I mean, they the got, Beavers. They, they got the offensive line coming back. I mean, who, who it's going to be. It's going to be really a rosy feature for this guy. Yeah, as a Husky. You feel but like I would say, you know, Dick was talking about um, his ability to go through his progression. And what's important for him is that his feet are married with his eyes and his hips. And, and, and what happens, he's ready to throw. If he goes first, second, third, if he gets to his third and the, the light turns green for him to throw to the third guy, his hips, everything's all lined up. And he he can play accurately that way. A, a lot of guys, their feet aren't lined up, and so if their if their left foot is too open, meaning their lead foot, then it is a necessity. The elbow has to drop. There's no other way to throw accurate. If your left foot is too far open, your right elbow must drop. I've studied it for decades. Wow! It, it's a, it's a you it's a, totally it's lost a certain, me on that one. It sounds like a fortune cookie. Well, <laughs> let me let me just let me, I'll just say this: if your elbow is open, His, your right one must drop. No, okay, no, just listen. <laughs> If Browning is throwing, here's if, your lottery numbers while we're at it. <laughs> hey, well, well, you, you know what? If he's throwing to a, a target, let's say it's on the numbers, he's going to line his left shoulder at the numbers. I'm, I, and I'm not saying the player; I'm saying where he's going to throw because it, it, it's a moving target, right? But if he's going to throw, his left shoulder has to be pointed where he's going, and he steps with his left foot to that. If he's too open, meaning think of like in a, in a golf stance, there's open and there's closed. If he's too open. The only way to throw accurately is to drop the right elbow. It, it's it's impossible to throw over the top if your hips and your, your feet are too open. So my point in saying this in, in the progression is that his feet are married to his eyes, and he's always got his his uh, his hips, shoulders, and feet yeah. not too open, not too close, and he can throw as accurately as possible because – he he has that. Um, I, I, you know, I saw it now, in, in high now school. Now that you've covered that aspect of his game, let me talk about his running ability. Because all this kid does, he's gone to the. What did you say in the press box Saturday? Uh, yeah, he runs for first downs and touchdowns. First downs and touchdowns, oh, and goodness. and he's gone to the Russell Wilson School of Quarterback Play. If I'm going to run, nobody's going to hit me. Yeah. He got out of bounds. He actually rushed, rushed for three first downs. They took one of them back with a penalty. Right. And and so he he rushes five times, two for touchdowns, one and two for first downs, and one first down got called back. Yeah. Excuse me. I mean, that is pretty efficient running. How do you put that in your uh, quarterback efficiency stuff? Huh? <laughs> we'll come back and talk more about that. There's some numbers on this team that will blow you away, including more on Jake coming up on the Hawks on 950 KJR. Now back to the Coors Light Honks, presented by Frost Brewed Coors Light, the Husky fans' most refreshing beer, and brought to you by Washington Gold Casinos and by Burien Toyota on Sports Radio 950 KJR. All right, final segment for the Hawks. Uh, Softy Dick Barrett, Hugh Millen, brought to you by Frost Brewed Coors Light, refreshing dog fans all season long. So let, let me, if I may, um, I don't feel like I've gotten a chance to talk enough on this show. You guys are doing your thing, and frankly, I feel left out, to be honest with you. Well, you're in charge, right? Dave. No, I'm not in charge of anything, clearly, the way this train wreck's going so far. Let me, let me throw a couple of stats at you regarding Jake Browning. 
Uh, number one, you mentioned this a week ago, Hugh Millen, that Russell Wilson holds the uh, NCAA passing efficiency record of 191.7 when he was at Wisconsin in 2011. <laughs> Jake Browning right now is at 204.9, number one in America. Number one in passing touchdowns. Number three in completion percentage. Number four in yards per attempt. Number three in points produced, which is passing and rushing, by the way. And, oh, by the way, he's got 23 touchdowns. Davis Webb of California is number two in the country with 22, but he's thrown 157 more passes than Jake Browning has. Yet this guy's leading the nation in passing touchdowns. Seth Russell, who's the quarterback for Baylor right now, has the all-time record for touchdown percentage. That's the number of passing touchdowns based on how many attempts you you have at 15, uh, excuse me, 14.5%. Jake's at 15.9 right now. So you're starting to understand why there's people across the country, when you combine all those stats, Dick, with the fact that UW is in the top five, why there's people across the country talking about this guy winning a Heisman Trophy. Because and of stuff like that. And we we as a team have won six straight games. That probably has something to do I with it. I just said that. Just the top five. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. a big reason why. Yeah, that's I mean, a if big they were reason. three and three and he was putting yeah, up numbers yeah. like that, yeah, then exactly. forget it. I mean, Hugh, the numbers are mind boggling yeah. what this guy's doing this year. Well, I, th- I think that the uh, analysts have accurately described it that you take the very best player on one of the very best teams in the country. Yeah. So you, you, whether that's. The top three teams, or four, or five, or six—you know—usually it's it's going to be that. Now, Michigan plays Ohio State generally the third week of November, mm-hmm. and that's going to be well before the Heisman voting. That means Washington, if they continue rolling, Washington will be in the top four in the country and will be slated to be in the final four. Right. If, yeah. And and so the team accomplishments of Washington, if they stay undefeated are going to put Jake Browning in that discussion. Now, whether or not the, the Louisville kid uh, calms down, uh, you know, I think right now if you had to vote, I think that Lamar he, Jackson's his Lamar name. Jackson yeah, went. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, the kid out of Florida, um, yeah. three-star recruit. Um, but, I, you know, I could certainly see Browning getting the momentum as this thing goes along, and uh, if Lamar Jackson, if he – uh, if he were to stumble, I think Browning could emerge. I think, and I've given a lot of thought. It's it's not just out of a um, out of a whim that I would say this. I I think Jake Browning reminds me of Joe Montana, and Joe Montana is my favorite athlete of all time. And so I don't say those words lightly. But in terms of his physical attributes at six two, um, you know, not not a not a a big strapping guy. Doesn't have a big arm. Um, is a good athlete, but not a Steve Young athlete. You know, I just see comparison after comparison, but what you see is that just incredible deft accuracy uh, between them and that ability to uh, just to process, make it look easy. Yeah, yeah. Jake Browning makes it look easy. I, w- I spent the first five years of my career in the NFC West watching opponent tape, and that means that when you watch an opponent defense – you're putting on the 49er offense. So I watched a hell of a lot of all 22 tape of Joe Montana. This kid Browning reminds me of Joe Montana. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the thing about Montana and his greatness is that he performed at the very very highest of levels in the Super Bowls and all that. Browning hasn't had an opportunity. So obviously I'm not comparing that that ability to play in the clutch. But if Browning can do that stylistically, he reminds me of Joe Montana. Yeah. 
And as the season progresses, we're going to need one of those kind of games out of Jake. No doubt. You know, no the, doubt. The, the, there's going to be a, there's going to be a trial coming coming up that that he's going to have to he's going to have to be the ingredient that that wins the game. But you know, for right now. I know this week we're going to beat by. Now you, you feel good about that? Yeah, yeah, I feel good. Well, I mean, it's not just about the offense. I mean, look, the offense is number one in the conference in scoring offense. They're yeah. also number one in scoring defense at 14.2. 49.5 points a game is number five in the NCAA. The Huskies are tied with Michigan, uh, number one in the country with 41 total touchdowns. Number two in points, their turnover margin of plus 13 is number one dick in the country. 24 sacks, tie with Michigan for number two in America, and their scoring defense overall is number six. I mean, they're in the top 510 in a lot of major categories around college football that are indicative of a team that should be fighting for at least the conference championship, if not more. But you get the impression, like you just said, at some point this year, maybe it's next Saturday, maybe it's the Utah game at Salt Lake, they're going to find themselves behind and need to have Jake Browning step yeah, up well, and go on a game-winning drive. We, we had that in the national championship run down in yeah, California. California, correct. California was a team that we we should have gone in there, and we had to we had to work into the second half and and had to pull it out. Something like that's going to happen yeah. as as yeah. the season progresses. But we definitely have the right guy pulling the trigger right now. No doubt. Let, let me just close this out with both you guys, and, and Dick, we'll start with you. Just just an overall thought. You're halfway through the regular season, six games in. The atmosphere around this program, the hype around the program, and, and just how fired up you see people about this football team. I, I, I appreciate it. I, I love the fact that we're relevant again. I love the fact that we're on the national picture again. I love the fact that we have a guy like Jake that could do it. But my basic reaction is, for all the Husky fans, is let's calm down and enjoy the journey. Don't be talking about the ultimate deal down the road. Next game is going to be just as much fun. It's going to be in Husky Stadium. Let's get 70,000 out there again. Let's have that place popping like it was in the last home game against Stanford and just win the next game, and everything else will take care of itself. That's just trust the process. We are the only undefeated team in the conference. Let's stay that way. But you got to do it by winning each game as it comes, Dave I'm telling you, you get out of line here, I'm going to slap you silly. <laughs> what are you looking at me for? I'm because you want to talk about the Heisman and winning the any. national title. No, I, think, I think those are all factors. Those are all reality. Uh, it, it's all reality as far as the atmosphere around the program. But, look, I mean, the Oregon State game, you know as well as I, Hugh, that when you get to this point, it can unravel pretty damn fast. Yeah, I, you know, my thought is that this is the best team I've seen since the 91-92 team. Uh, I think it's better than the 2000 team because if you remember that 2000 team, they had, you know, they had to come from double digits down against California, against Arizona, against Stanford, they had a, a nail biter at Colorado. I, I, that team could have been three and eight, but for Tui's yeah, magic, Tui exactly. And, exactly. And I mean, that's the greatest season I've ever seen by a Husky quarterback was Tui. And now I'm starting to see in Browning. Now he hasn't had to do it, but it's a different fashion of dominance. So so the offense, the defense, this is a, a really, really spectacular, healthy team. Um, are they immune to, to having a psychological letdown and really getting themselves into a, an alligator fight in, in, in Utah? No, I don't think they're immune to that. Or Cal, um, possibly. Cal played Texas. Or, and, uh, they or beat the Texas. Cougars. All three of those uh, road the Cougars, trips are The scary. Cougars are go, so prodigious ahead. in their passing. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> just got done airing me out. Uh, no, no, two minutes ago. No, well, uh, we're just no, no, no. we were just mentioning the teams, oh. not necessarily oh, that okay. we're going yeah. to beat them. Or anything. Well, look, you guys know as well as I. We, we, we got to wrap it up here. That every game that this team plays moving forward, starting with the Oregon State game, gets bigger. Is a big game for the opponent, and beating Washington is all of a sudden going to be a huge, huge deal for a lot of football teams out there. So when I asked you guys earlier about the weakness, and I meant to bring that up to prove the point that they are stacked everywhere. That was my. That's what I was getting at, Dick. The only thing that concerns me is this team has never played with that bullseye on their back. And now they have it. And it's as wide as it's been in 24 years, you know. Yeah, but you know what? It, it's okay. That's all part of the process. Right. You know, I mean, it's it's like your, your, your kids grow up, you know, they start shaving, and then they, they go to college. I mean, it, the, the sun comes up, the rooster crows, you eat breakfast. There's just some things in life, one falls the other, and you just you know it's going to happen. And if you're building your program, you're going to get to the point where it's a really sexy beat for the other team. You, you, if if the other team can find a way to beat you, that's a lot of pelts on their wall, and they, and they they feel great about it. So, just just accept it for what it yeah. is. You want this, and, and, and you, you want this. this exactly. Yeah. You want that's this. exactly right. You, you want, want this, yeah. and you know what? You want it week in and week out, year in and year out, in perpetuity. Now, how do you handle it? How do you handle it? How do you handle prosperity? As you always say, there's not one team left on their schedule that they cannot beat. Don't that's a plateau. Fact. All right. You, you have to say, you have to keep getting better. Yep, right. You have to keep getting better every single week because if you are if you stay at the same level you are now, you're not going to be undefeated. All right, great stuff, guys. We'll see you next Tuesday. All right, we'll do it again. We'll talk about the Beavers next week before the uh, the game next Saturday at 3.30. We're going to get a break. Walter Jones, by the way, will join us at 4.20. Talk some Seahawks coming up on 950 KJR. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com That's ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.